The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on a Thursday morning. <laughs> and uh, I just got a little meme here uh, before. I, I get on with some of the other things. It was just too funny to me um, as to the simplicity of the dog and pony show that's going on right now, which, by the way, you might want to keep an eye on what they're actually doing in D.C., folks, because this little this little circus that you got going on in America between Donald Trump and Biden and the media and all this other over votes, um, <clears throat> you might want to keep an eye on D.C. as to what they're actually doing. To us, okay. Uh, this and you guys remember Jed Clampett, you know the Beverly Hillbillies, <laughs> the same folks that's counting them Rona cases ain't counting the mail-in ballots, is they? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I just uh, I found that hilarious this morning, so I just wanted to share that with you. You know, we're serious here a lot, and I I just found that funny. I think probably they took Common Core. That was the issue. That that's what that's what was going on. In any case, if you would like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of Liberty Radio.com or Sons of Liberty Media.com. In fact, if you want to go over and watch the video portion of the show, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio. Head over to Sons of Liberty Media.com. Scroll down right there on the right side of the page. We're going live there. And also uh, you can check out that live video feed on my Twitter account at FPP Tim. My Periscope and Twitch accounts are setting brush fires. We're streaming live there, as well as our Facebook page, Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel, B Dean Sons of Liberty. We're on BeforeIt'sNews.com, front page right there. And also on DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. And you can check us out also on Spree League Ave, MeWe Minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty and Sons of Liberty Media. And then we have a new group on Telegram. I hardly get to get in there because I'm so busy with everywhere else. But... You guys can uh, make friends in there, and so when you're not uh, in the chat room or something like that and you want to share information with each other, you can go over there. Sons of Liberty, download the app Telegram and uh, join us at Sons of Liberty. You can also give us a call. If you got a question or a comment, please stick to the topic, okay? We're not doing Chinese buffet, so stick to the topic. 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. Now, I, I tell you, I got we got a uh, we got a very special guest this morning. Um, we had the show with Sheriff Mac. 
when was that? On Monday, Tuesday, I forget which day it was. My days all run together. Earlier this week, let's put it that way. And I, I don't think I got as much response from any show that I've done as I did with Sheriff Mack. Uh, I had people that I had just met who said, wow, that was that was very informative. Um, there were other people who said, boy, this really guy, we need to get him over here. We've already got people lining up their sheriffs for Sheriff Mack to talk to, which I think is great. I, this is the thing. It's not just talk radio. It's do radio. You get information so that you can do something with it. And so I was, I was just tickled to death that people were actually finding the information helpful, and then they were going out and they were trying to involve their own sheriffs and uh, sheriffs in neighboring counties with Sheriff Mack so that they could become constitutional. In fact, one guy, I mean, he and I have been friends for a little while uh, out of one of the chat groups on social media. He's out of Virginia, and he argues the Constitution and history all the time, and he's not in, he's not in uh, the chat room this morning, but... He was saying, I didn't even know there was such a thing as what you called a constitutional uh, sheriff. And he said, I learned so much. He said, I'm getting this guy in here to do that. So it was great. And out of, out of that, I received an email from a gentleman, um, Captain Carl, as he's referred to. Captain Carl Koenigs. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And uh, he informed me that it's German. It stands for kings. And if you leave off the S, then it's the king. And um, he is a member of... The constitutional militia. If you, and we're not talking about some guys running around, you know, that you hear in the news. They're trying to blow up something. This, they're guys who want to uphold. They're the original law enforcement officers of the Constitution. And by the way, it's not just him; it's all of us. We're supposed to be the people are the law enforcement officers, not that thin blue line, not uh, you know federal agents and all this stuff. It's the people who are supposed to be the enforcers of the Constitution. So let me give him a proper introduction before I bring him on. He's got a pretty distinguished uh, resume here. Uh, Captain Carl, he's evolved into a Jeffersonian constitutionalist. He now fights for the rule of constitutional law and order, especially the Ninth and Tenth Amendment laws, which we speak about here quite often as well, as well as the whole Constitution and the entire Bill of Rights from being a dyed-in-the-wool Republican conservative, a real Republican conservative, one who advocates for a Republican form of government, not a party. Before Captain Carl became a Jeffersonian constitutionalist, he was an executive vice president for a manufacturer of steel doors and frames. See, anybody can do it. (laughs) Also providing hardware, wood doors, and miscellaneous Division 10 products and erections on large and small commercial building projects around the Union. Uh, As he was about to commence this constitutional patriot career, he was an economist, and the Austrian von Mises Hayek model, financial markets and investing. He fully supported the Republican Party most of his life because he was led to believe by the mainstream media, politicians, and public schools. I love how he puts this. (laughs) To think that Republicans were for and supported the Declaration of Independence and its two dovetail documents of supreme law of the land called the Constitution and Bill of Rights. Uh, But he learned from that. Now, he's got a lot of stuff I could read to you, but I I think you'd rather hear it from him. And, uh, Carl, uh, we want to welcome you to the Sons of Liberty. And if you'll give me just a second, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, I think that'd be great. And uh, you do that while I bring up the video portion because we we got together a little bit late in the show. Yes, I was... um I noticed that the economic numbers weren't sustainable and didn't seem to make sense at all. And I was working on my income taxes. Carl, 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 we got, we got 
tremendous feedback coming from you. I mean, it's, it's, I can't, we can't even understand what you're saying. I don't know. Do you have a little microphone that you can plug in there? Cause it's getting a lot, it's getting a lot of feedback. What if I turn this down a little bit? Is that any better now? Turn it. Uh, you might want to turn it down a little more. I, I'm getting a, a tremendous amount of feedback. Sorry about that, folks. We didn't have a chance to check it right before the this show here. Yeah, I don't have any. Um, yeah, this is it's uh it's really it's really bad on on that end there. Give me just a couple of moments. Um, I'll try and plug in some earbuds and see if that'll work better and turn off the mic in my computer. I, I think that'll probably work. Go ahead and do that. Let me know when you're when you're done, and I'll go ahead and, and fill the time with um, a little bit of more about uh, who you are and uh, and what you're. Okay. Um, Carl was uh, unanimously voted by all of the AMFF, and uh, that is, uh, I had it right here a minute ago, <laughs> American Military Freedom Forces of the Second Amendment Law. Okay, you, you're there? You there, Carl? Can you hear me? Okay, I thought he was speaking there, so I guess he's not got his, his stuff set just yet. Um, and again, I apologize, folks. It's, it's kind of my fault. I We ran up right against the time where we were starting, and uh, uh, we didn't get a, ch- a chance to check this, the sound there, so that's my fault. I apologize for that. Um, he was voted by all of the AMFF troops who volunteered from around the Union to support Dwight and Steve Hammond. You guys remember this was the family that they were trying to— send to jail for five years because they did what other farmers do. They started a backfire. It got a little out of control, but no property was damaged. It was actually, it was actually found to be good for the land uh, where the fire spread. It didn't destroy anybody's property or anything like that. And um, they were sentenced twice in double jeopardy for a controlled burn to protect their ranch and cattle from the deep state. Uh, Carl was also out at Bundy Ranch as well. You guys remember that happened several years ago. Uh, he was part of the militia that went out there to actually defend against the Bundys. And while a lot of people were poo-pooing the Bundys, saying, oh, they're just making this up and this, that, and the other, the evidence was coming out that, yes, federal agents were down there, okay, against people who were no threat to anybody with snipers, with hundreds of armed federal agents surrounding them, and they called for the militia's help. And militia responded, responded from all over the country. So Captain Carl was a part of that too. Uh, that too, um, he was there uh, from the Deep State Executive Branch, the, the B- Bureau of Land Management. Tim, I can't hear you. Okay, now can you hear no, me? Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. I guess he cannot hear me. Um, again, sorry for the the delay here. Uh, let's see. Tim, I think I'd like to go off and come back on. I can't hear you at all anymore. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Um, I'm going to, again, live radio. We're going to try to do it the best we can here. Um, 
again, I apologize, folks. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna have Captain Carl log off and then uh, come back on if he's seeing the chat now. I'm not sure. Uh, yep, there he goes. Okay, we're gonna see if he comes back on and we can get him started. Again, uh, this is going to the issue of constitutional militia, and I think it's important uh, that Captain Carl be one of those who who does it. Yeah, no edits here. We're all live. That's just the way it is. Um, and sometimes these things happen. So uh, he's also been a recipient, by the way, of an award. It was, um, let's see, this was on February, <coughs> excuse me, this was reported February 13th, 2006. Canings will receive the Ronald Reagan uh, medal. And so he's been a recipient of that. Uh, we talked for quite a bit yesterday. And one of the things that you'll find out about Carl is he's very knowledgeable about a lot of things. Carl, are you there? Wait, we're waiting on his audio to connect again. Um, one of the things you'll find is he's very knowledgeable. And one of the, the interesting things is where all of this began to lead him in the Constitution. He was dealing with the issue of the Federal Reserve, uh, constitutional money, since he's an economist, and some other things that he discovered along the way in, in learning and being able to uphold the, uh, the Constitution. And that's really the role of of the militia. They are the ones who are to enforce the law. And by the way, this is an issue I brought up in one of the chats. I told you I've been on the me some of the MeWe chats. And I made mention of this to a gentleman who was in there and I said, look, the Department of Justice, everybody wants to they don't want to hold the president accountable for executing the law. Okay, they don't want to, they don't want to hold him accountable even though that's his job, article 2 section 3. That's his job to do. It's nobody else's job but his to do. And they'll say, "Oh, well but you know, he he can set up these different, you know, secretaries and people in the cabinet." And I said, "Look, the Department of Justice didn't even show up for nearly 100 years after the Constitution was written." <clears throat> Excuse me. It didn't even show up until nearly 100 years after the Constitution was written. So how were they enforcing the law before that? How were they doing that? Well, they were doing it through the means of the militia, under the direction of the president. Okay? Now what are they doing? Oh, well, we have a Department of Justice. We have an attorney general. How are they trying to execute it? Through federal agents. Do you see the pattern here? They're taking the power away from the people to enforce the law, and they're letting the fox guard the chicken coop. Does that make sense to you? And these are the people, okay, just just follow with me. These are the same people that allowed 9-11 to take place. They couldn't stop it. They had all the information. They just couldn't stop it. Or at least that's what they say. These are the same people that make excuses for... People like Hillary Clinton. James Comey comes on and he basically quotes verbatim the Espionage Act that Hillary Clinton clearly violated. But he said, oh, well, she didn't intend to do it. Well, the, it doesn't say anything about that. She's doing it. I read a, an article by at a Time magazine that was quoting Comey. It quoted the Espionage Act. They're almost verbatim. But he says, oh. I don't think she I don't think she violated the law. And then time went on to say the reason he wasn't willing to prosecute is because they thought they would lose in court because people do it all the time. People do it all the time. They just handle classified information 
they're grossly negligent with it, and all of this other. Well, the obvious question is, if people do it all the time, how about bringing a little justice, and I bet people won't be doing it all the time. You bring a little justice, and people won't be doing it all the time. Um, and I'm trying to get Carl on. Uh, we've got the video here, but I don't have any audio from him. So I don't know if he's still working on that or not. We may end up having to to cancel and go back over some other things. Now, let me just um, grab my constitution here. Because one of the things that I do is I do point out the issue of the militia. Now, part of the thing is, is that um, it's Congress's job to provide for calling forth the militia. And they have specific duties, too. Their duties are to execute the laws of the Union. They are to suppress insurrections. Sound familiar to what's been going on this year with the riots? And to repel invasions. We saw a lot of that going on under Obama. The invasions over the southern border. And instead of repelling the invasion... They welcomed them with diapers and all kinds of other stuff, right? And all of that was planned, by the way. We have the documents where they knew that was coming uh, quite a bit of time ahead of time. And um, they're also, Congress is also to provide for organizing, arming, and disciplining the militia and for governing such part of them as may be employed in the service of the United States, reserving to the states respectively the appointment of the officers and the authority of training the militia according to the discipline prescribed by Congress. I'm going to have to probably send another message here uh, quickly uh, to Carl, and that is um, uh, that is so uh, we can get him back up again um, here because I've got his audio, but I've got his video, but we don't have any audio coming through, so I don't know if he's got that sorted or not. So, on the fly, live radio, sorry about that, guys. So, we have this, that that Congress is supposed to provide for that, okay? And this idea of the well-regulated militia, you know, this is is something they're supposed to make this regular. It doesn't mean, and of course, obviously, there's some training and things like this, but they're supposed to make it regular in the states. And the militia is supposed to be able to be called up by the president to do these things that I just named here in the Constitution to execute can you hear me the law. Now, Tim? I can hear you, Carl. Great, great. All right. Okay. We got you now. I'm going through this. Let me finish up my thought here and we're, we're going to bring you right in. It, sure. They're supposed to be called up by the president to deal with these things. So, these riots that have been going on in these major cities, one of the things is that is the duty of the president. Now, I appreciate the fact that he didn't just jump right in there immediately. Okay. I, I think that the state should be the first ones to really take care of any of this other stuff. But my goodness, after months of it going on, and you're not going to do it, and people say, oh, well, the, mil- the military guys, the higher-ups, the higher brass, they've told him they're not going to do anything if he does that. Well, it, you know, this is the apprentice guy, isn't it? What do you say to people like that? You're fired. If you're not going to do your job, you're fired. Sorry. You're fired. We'll get somebody in here who will do what the Constitution says. That didn't happen. It still hasn't happened. And so everybody puts the blame off on, uh, they get it off of, of the president, they put it on the attorney general, 
And um, it, that's not the way it is. Our Constitution holds one person in the executive branch responsible. That is the president. If you don't want to do the job, don't ask for the job. The job is not to make the economy great. It is not to make Wall Street great. It's not to put money in your pocket. It's not to give you a job. It, that is not the job of the president. The president, the, the president's job, aside from little formalities of welcoming dignitaries, you know, informing Congress of what's going on, is to come in and is to make sure the laws are faithfully executed. That is his job, period. Not, nothing else. That's what he's supposed to do. And instead, the presidents, not just Trump, I'm not just picking on Trump, it's been going on for a long time. The presidents have been engaged in simply doing whatever they want to do to enrich their buddies, their political pals, and those who help them get in office. Bankers, corporations, and if they got to give you a little bit of the of the cash flow too, that's okay. They'll give you a twelve hundred dollar check that's going to cost you six grand, but they'll do that too. They'll they'll buy you off as well. All right, I've talked long enough. We've got Carl here, and uh, we may go a little long because I'm not giving him time to talk. So, Carl, welcome again to the Sons of Liberty, man. Thank you, Tim. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. And uh, so I, I gave a little bit. Uh, obviously, I, I let him in on the fact that you got a, a Reagan medal there. Uh, and uh, that you have a distinguished service. You are an intelligent guy. I mean, we had a conversation. I kept saying, I got to go because I got to get work done, and, and we would just keep talking. And it was very informative because I saw in you somebody who started out as just, you know, you're the regular Joe, and uh, then what he what you went on to do was you went on to learn all kinds of things that were in the Constitution. You were like, we aren't doing that. We've got to enforce that. Uh, you see the issue with debt. You see the issue with non-constitutional money and all this other stuff. So tell us a little bit. I, I, I've kind of covered a lot of stuff, but tell us how you got into the issue to where you became uh, a member of the militia. Okay. Well, I started out uh, as a von Mises economist, and I noticed that the financial numbers and the economic numbers weren't equating, weren't being uh, in accordance with the sustainable uh, process. And it concerned me. And I found out about this as I was doing my income taxes. And, um, and, and I started getting drawn off to this side and that side. And I found out the reason why things weren't working. The reason why the economy isn't really truly stable and really can't be depended on is the fact that the U.S. government, neither Republicans nor Democrats, are um, following the supreme law of the land. Uh, particularly, uh, I like to talk about the uh, Ninth and especially the Tenth Amendment laws. They're violating, both parties are violating those laws on a daily basis, and they have been, I found out through my research, uh, ever since uh, the advent of what I call the 1913 trifecta of constitutional treason and tyranny. What that, what that is, is it was the uh, advent of the ratification of the non-ratified 16th Amendment, the ratification of the non-ratified 17th Amendment, and the uh, passage of the Federal Reserve Act of 1913. All three of these things happened in 1913, the way that they ratified the 16th Amendment and the 17th Amendment was by a lie in Italia votes by Secretary of State Philander Knox under the tutelage of who I call Socialist and Chief Woodrow Wilson. And that's how they ratified it, by literally lying about the state's votes to ratify those uh, amendments. 
And then they passed the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 in absolute uh contempt for the money clause laws in the constitution of article one section eight clause five which requires that money be coined uh and also article one section 10 which requires that only gold and silver coin shall be used in tender of payment of debts now the question would become why did the founding fathers do that the reason why the founding fathers did that is because throughout all of world economic history, right up to their period, um, uh, paper money, printed money has had always failed. In fact, uh, during the Roman time, they fused in base metals with their gold and silver coins. And even those uh, went into an inflationary spiral that and became virtually worthless, which is one of the factors that led to the downfall of Rome in a very, very short period of time. And so uh, also Thomas Jefferson stated, and I quote, paper money, paper is only the ghost of money. And um, what we found out during the Revolutionary War is that paper money isn't worth a continental, if you remember that quote. And during the Civil War, uh, they called our currency the greenback. And the greenback failed as well. And in both cases, many, many people went broke and it really harmed their families. So um, these are some of the things that I had found out during my, now it would be 16 years worth of research. And um, and so uh, that's how I got started. Um, what I found out was, is that paper is only the ghost of money, as I had said, and it's like using Monopoly money. And uh, so let's think about this. Let's go back and let's think about what I just said. What I'm telling you in reality, it's kind of like the movie, The Matrix. The government is doing things that make you think that you're buying and paying for things and that you're getting paid wages and salaries, but you're not. You're getting paid in U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars are only the ghost of money. They print this stuff literally out of thin air and then uh, Ben Bernanke back in the day, about, I don't, you know, about 10, 12 years ago, he said that we're not even printing money anymore. They're just digits on a spreadsheet over at the Federal Reserve System. So what I'm trying to tell you folks is in reality, and it's going to catch up with us, um, we are not getting paid and we have never paid for anything. So what does that mean? What does it look like? In a financial sense, everything that you think you own, Every desk, every chair, every kitchen appliance, everything. Nothing has ever been paid for with real money. Real money is only gold and silver coin according to the supreme law of the land. And someday, I am telling you, just as in all of world economic history, the dollar will utterly collapse and it won't be worth anything. Uh, During the Weimar Republic, for example, there were two women who were going shopping. Uh, they had a laundry basket full of money up to the brim. And they uh, went into the store to look around, see if what, the, if what they were looking for was in that store. They came back out and the money was dumped onto the wagon and the basket was gone because the basket was worth more money than the money that was piled <laughs> yes. in it. And yeah. so this is what's going to happen to America. And when that happens, 
and it will happen because it's never failed in all world economic history. It's going to happen someday and very possibly someday soon. Now, we need to also remember that according to the reports, and I know this is under what it really is, but we have $25 trillion worth of national public debt, plus another $212 trillion in the unfunded liabilities of what I'm going to call socialistic security and Medicare. Okay. Um, And then on top of all that, the IRS steals our wages and salaries from us before we even get our paycheck. They take it out of there before it's even received. And then in addition to that, in a secret tax, the employer has something that he's got to pay on your behalf called employer taxes. Okay, so they're taking out employer taxes, which you do not see on your pay stub. It's not written on there anywhere. And then they see the tax. Then you can see on the pay stub the taxes that they took out of your paycheck. If we could, if, if, if the Republicans and the Democrats would obey the Tenth Amendment law and the laws of the Constitution, your paycheck would literally be double. And then we could have the best, we could self-pay for the best health insurance possible and our best health care possible with our own money and we could retire in style and buy a nicer home and have a whole better life. Because the 10th Amendment law says that all powers, which also means spending, uh, not delegated to the United States nor prohibited by it uh, to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. And so if we could cause the Republicans and the Democrats and the President of the United States to obey the supreme law in the land, our weekly paycheck would be double what it is right now. And that's what we need to do. Now, the only way to really do that, and we can talk in more detail on this, you know, here shortly, but the only way to do this truly is through our states. And, uh, what we really need to do, and we can go by a step-by-step process, is we need to elect state legislators who will sponsor and pass uh, what's called a state sovereignty resolution with an arrest provision. And uh, the um, and then the uh, the local, the municipal, uh, uh, you know, uh, law enforcement agencies, the county law enforcement agencies, which would be your local county sheriff, and the state law enforcement agencies could enforce what's known as state nullification. And uh, we need to start working on that by electing state legislators who pledge to sponsor and pass a reasonable facsimile of the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions because they ha- it has a lot of teeth a lot more than anybody would draft up uh, and then augment that with an arrest provision so that the local law enforcement can enforce all state nullifications of all usurped powers and spending by the U.S. government because all spending is reserved to the states respectively to the people. Now, if we would retain our entire paycheck, our states would be very, very wealthy and our states could pay for whatever we vote and ask them to pay for us or or they could simply not tax very much and let us keep our money and let us handle our own lives. And that's what the states were set up to be. They were set up to be 
laboratories where one state could be more socialist and another state could be totally free and whatever works best, the people would walk or you know travel to that state and then live in that state for the for the betterment of themselves and their families. So do you have with that do you have any questions Tim? Yeah, there that's uh that's something that uh you know I, I want to get into as far as okay, then how how would you enforce those things? You want to come back to a gold and silver payment for debts. This is what in uh, Congress has the authority to coin gold or silver for that purpose and yet they're allowing the law to go kind of under the bridge if you will and they've they've incorporated the federal reserve it was funny we were talking uh, yesterday and you said uh, somebody told you that uh, the federal reserve is really part of the federal government and it's not it's a it's a separate entity it's a bunch of bankers and um so they they went to who do the american people now why the i think i think carl the thing that i've seen is the American people are not outraged enough because their tummies aren't growling. That's my that's my that's what I think. I think as soon as the tummies start growling, then you start seeing some real reaction from the American people except by being upset, sending out memes on social media, being keyboard warriors. They're going to say, well, "What do we got to do?" Well, I I think my and your purpose in the show today and I hope we'll do some in the future uh is to get people doing it now before you get to that that point. And you're pointing out this issue of money. We can correct that, but we've got to have people obey the Constitution. Now, with that issue of, of doing that, the malicious part of that, they're the ones who are to enforce the law. That's right. W- would you mind taking a couple of minutes, because this goes right on that money issue, and then we'll get into that enforcement. Would you mind taking a couple of minutes and telling people, when you came up to Wisconsin, You spoke with a guy by the name of Paul Ryan. People may remember him as the guy who just (laughs) said he was ultra conservative and then sold every uh, sold everybody out and gave Obama everything he wanted in omnibus bill as the first act of his uh, work as the House Speaker. Could you tell people a little bit about the uh, conversation you had with Mr. Ryan regarding how what he what he and Republicans do with the people's money? Most certainly. Now, first of all, let me give you a little bit of background. Here in the state of Wisconsin, uh, we started cranking up the Wisconsin Tea Party Coalition uh, in 2009. And that uh, Tea Party Coalition evolved into 125 tea par- individual Tea Party organizations here in the state of Wisconsin. And then, uh, and, 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 and we, we grew into 250,000 signed up members. Fox News reported that the Wisconsin Tea Party Coalition um, turned Wisconsin from a blue state to a red state. And that was exactly correct. Um, we were very mighty and very powerful. And so uh, what ended up happening with us turning Wisconsin from a blue state to a red state we gave the Republicans absolute total power in the United States, 100% total power. They had both houses of Congress, the House of Representatives and the Senate. And also we had the presidency, which was uh, George, George Bush at the time. So they had total power. So the Wisconsin Tea Party Coalition threw a rally, a victory rally, at our state capitol because we knew with the Republicans in power that the Constitution was going to be restored and we were going to get our income taxes back, which are illegal according to the Constitution. 
and illegal according to many cases by the Supreme Court. The many Supreme Court decisions stated that income taxes do not apply to the American people. And we can get into the, uh, you know, little increments and details about that. But the joke was on you guys, right? (laughs) For thinking that. Pardon? The joke was on you guys for thinking that, right? Oh, yeah. The joke was on us. So this is what happened. Paul, Ryan, and I, uh, we were standing alone together before the doors leading out to the stage that was outside. And we're waiting for our cue to go out before 10,000 of my fellow Tea Party members that were at the rally. And, uh, and, and I'm all excited because we gave the Republicans total power. And I thought, oh, we've got it made. The Constitution is going to be back. So I looked at Paul and I said, Paul. Now that we in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Tea Party Coalition, gave the Republicans absolute total power over every single thing in the United States, how are we going to restore the Tenth Amendment law? And he turned and looked at me with those blue puppy dog eyes. I'll never forget it as long as I live. And he looked up at me and he said, Captain Carl, if we would obey the Tenth Amendment law, How could we buy all the conservative votes that we need? How could we buy a few Democrat votes that we need? And how could we buy hundreds of millions of dollars in corporate campaign donations in order to be, in order to stay in power? And then he looked at me and he said, "Uh, you wouldn't want the Democrats back in power, would you? Okay. Now, Carl, Carl, stop, stop for a second. Yep. Uh, people probably thought they were ta- you were talking about a Democrat. Can you just repeat that just again, what, what he just said? Right. Paul Ryan, who was the Speaker of the House, and I were standing together. We were standing together at a private moment before the door from our state, inside our state capitol leading up to the outside stage. And I looked, I looked over at Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House, and I, it was a private moment. We're all alone. And uh, I said, Paul, now that we gave you absolute power over everything, meaning gave to the Republicans, what are we going to do to restore the 10th Amendment law? Because the 10th Amendment law is what makes it so that our paychecks are doubled. It makes it so the states have all power other than the 18 enumerated things under Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, pursuant to the 10th Amendment law. And so I said, how are we going to restart the 10th Amendment law? You know, because I was looking forward to getting double the paycheck. And so were other people in the, in the, in the Tea Party coalition and enforcing the 10th Amendment law. And, uh, he, and he looked at me with these big blue puppy dog eyes. He said, Captain Carl, if the Republicans would obey the 10th Amendment law, how could we buy, quote unquote, buy all the conservative election votes that we need? How could we buy some Democrat votes that we need? And how could we buy hundreds of millions of dollars in corporate campaign donations if we can't spend any, what he was referring to, because we can't spend any money that isn't itemized under Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, okay? And so uh, what I had, what I had, my head is reeling now. I'm wondering, I'm trying to put this all together, what this means they gave us our cue to go outside to the stage. We started going out to the to, to the stage. I'm walking behind Paul Ryan, and I'm starting to get sick because I realized 
that the Republicans, almost virtually all of them, okay, today I'd say probably all of them, but the Freedom Caucus likely, they're all Bernie Sanders in Republican clothing. He's talking about socialism. He's talking about a democracy. And as we know as constitutional patriots, when, when we learn about the Constitution, we find out that a democracy was outlawed under Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, completely against the law. Why did, why did our founding fathers make a democracy completely, totally outlawed in the Constitution, the supreme law of the land? And the answer is because a democracy is the practical application of socialism. It, a democracy is where Republicans and Democrats buy votes with the money that they have the IRS steal out of our paycheck before we even receive it at home. And, and then they take that money and they send it to different groups and people to, to buy votes and influence, okay? That they transfer our, our money, our wages, our salaries, and our property to other people uh, in order to buy election votes, that is socialism. That is communism. Absolutely, absolutely okay? is. And that is a strict violation of the Tenth Amendment law and other constitutional laws a- as well. Absolutely, absolutely it is. Now, here for people who say, "Well, I don't remember the democracy being outlawed in the Constitution." Well, he just told you Article Four, Section Four. This is what it says: The United States shall guarantee to every state in the union. A Republican form. It doesn't mean a Republican Party, people. I know you've been led to believe that. That's not what it's about. It's about representative republic that writes laws that do not infringe upon the people's rights. And those right. those laws that they write are very limited. I mean, they are very limited. <clears throat> and it says, now, and let, shall... Let, let me say... Let, Go let, ahead. Let me add to what you're saying there, Tim. Uh, in a republic of laws, not men... All of us individually are protected from a democracy. A democracy is mob voting rule. Yep. Our representatives have only the delegated powers that are itemized out under Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, and that's the only thing that they can spend any money on at all. All other powers, meaning all other spending, pursuant to the 10th Amendment Supreme Law of the Land, is reserved to the states respectively or to the people. That's why we're supposed to have, that's why the Supreme Court of the United States ruled in many cases that income taxes do not apply to people. Now they do apply to corporations. And uh, since the day the Constitution was signed, every single year, the entire cost and, and, and expenditures of the U.S. military has been totally and completely, and usually more than so, uh, paid for by corporate income taxes, which are completely legal. Uh, So if somebody wants to know, well, who's going to pay for the military? The military is paid for by corporate income taxes, which are truly income taxes. You see, income taxes or income is the difference between revenues and expenses in a corporation, and that's called income. What we make as American citizens is the equal exchange of property. I exchange my knowledge, what I learned in school that I paid for and I worked for. I own that. I own my time. My time is mine. Nobody can steal my time away from me. I own that. that my time is my personal property. My business experience, 
my working experience, the skill sets that I develop, or the ones that God blessed me with. Those are my property. So I exchange my personal property for an equal exchange of property from my employer. It's merely the exchange of property. That's all it is. It's nothing else. Of, of course, so of course. for people to put that down on Form 1040, which is for income taxes, is perjury. Hmm. And, and and people should be going into prison for that. You can't you can't be putting wages and salaries on an income tax form. That's against the law. It's for income taxes, meaning it's for corporate corporate uh, corporate revenue, corporate income. Okay, what they have on the bottom, what they make on the bottom line. Hmm. Now that's the perfect tax for the military, and I'll tell you why. We all know that whatever taxes the corporation pays actually comes out of our pockets when we buy their products, goods, and services, okay? Because as an executive vice president, I know for a fact that when we would calculate uh, costs to put into a bid, uh, one of the line items was taxes. So we'd put the taxes in our costs, we'd have it in the cost, and then we would we would put uh, some kind of profit margin on there, whatever we felt that the market would bear, so we would have a chance at winning the bid, okay? So what I'm telling you here is through corporate taxes, we all pay an exact equal amount for the cost of the military. And it's just minuscule, really. Um, it's just it's just minuscule. And it, and everybody pays for it because when you buy a co- you know a coffee cup or you buy a shirt or whatever you buy, the corporate taxes are built into whatever you purchased. It's the perfect tax, and we all are responsible for the military. And that's also the reason why we aren't income taxes don't apply to the American people. Well, Carl, Carl let, me, let, let me interject something here. We, we've got a question. I think you can answer this. I think I could answer this. But uh, Kevin says he's been told the Federal Reserve is no longer in control of the currency and the power is back in the hands of the Treasury. Your thoughts on this? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. I think they're still, they've usurped that. Uh, with the help of Congress, because Congress is supposed to be in charge of that. They're supposed to be in charge of coining the money. And they've farmed it out to the Federal Reserve. People say, oh, Donald Trump took over the Federal Reserve. Uh, we know that the Treasury is engaged in communism. They're buying up the securities. That That is what that is, folks. You just got to understand what it is. But what say you on that issue with this? Because in order to enforce the law as a member of the militia, you got to know what the law is in the first place and whether it's being violated. Okay, this is a this is a story on that. If it was back at the Treasury, then the Treasury would have to obey the money clauses in the Constitution, and there's two of them. One is under Article One, Section Eight, Clause Five of the Constitution, in which it says that money can can only be coined. You can look it up yourself. Again, it's Article One, Section Eight, Clause Five. It says that money can only be coined. Okay. Uh, and, and then Article 1, Section 10 says that only gold and silver coins shall be tender and payment of debts. So the only lawful money is gold and silver coin. Now, in answer to your question, have you seen any gold or silver coins floating around when you go and buy stuff nope. at the stores? Have you seen that? You I still, haven't. You still see the IOU uh, notes. And by the way, uh, it's not just the, it's not just the, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. The coining of money. This is a this is a, something that Congress has given to coin money to regulate the value thereof in a foreign right. coin, and then this 
to fix the standard of weights and measurements. Guys, remember when I went through the thing on the Federal Reserve and usury and debt before, I quoted, you people will will quickly jump on the issue of abortion and say, that's an abomination to God. But God says it's an abomination to have unjust weights and measurements too, and yet we're to have fixed standards of weights mm-hmm. and measurements. So we're acting outside of God's law. We're, we're engaged in an abomination on the money level too. And so this is what you're pointing out. They're not even, they're not following the law, which means they're what? Lawless, right? Lawless, right. And yep. also if they were obeying the law, how could we, how could they pay for 200, how could they keep on paying for $212 trillion in unfunded liabilities, that means they have no money for this at all anywhere. Uh, how could they keep on paying Social Social Security and Medicare uh, when there is no money? There is no lockbox. There is no money. Uh, the only way that they can do it is by printing money out of thin air. Now, who actually pay, who actually prints the money? Who did they hire against the Tenth Amendment law against the entire Constitution? Who did they hire? Uh, specifically repugnant to the Constitution and the two money clause laws to print our money. They hired the Federal Reserve System. And then the Federal Reserve System just prints this money out of thin air and it's worthless money. It's of no value. It's not worth, it's barely worth the ink. It's not even worth the ink and the paper that they use to print it. Well, let me ask you something on that. Let me ask you something on that because during this COVID crisis, we got these signs up that say, oh, you can't use cash unless you've got exact change because we've got a coin shortage. Now, I got to thinking about this after a conversation yesterday. When you're saying it's not worth a thing, most people don't know that it costs about three cents to to coin a penny. <laughs> right. I mean, they used to make it out of copper. At least it used to have some value. Now it has no right. value. And in fact, it's right. not even worth making. I'm beginning yeah. to wonder how many of those coins that it's costing more to, to, to coin them than it is the coin is on its face value is supposed to be worth. I think that's where we're getting to. When you say it's not worth the money, uh, Ron Paul had spoke about that in in the Fed. He had talked about the devaluation of the dollar. I'm assuming that was in 2012 or 11 that I read that book, and now I'm I'm I'm, I'm sure the the dollar is on about like it's lost since 1913. It's lost, I don't know, 98, 99 percent of its value. And if you don't believe me, people, I'm 51. I remember when Hardee's came out with their breakfast biscuits. Okay. That was a that was an unheard of thing. They came out with the breakfast biscuits, and you could buy those things for like I don't know, thirty or forty cents or something. What are you paying for one of those things now? What do you pay for a fast food sandwich? Not the value meal. What do you pay for a sandwich? Six, seven, eight dollars for the for the sandwich. Um, and then you can go to all kinds of things. What are you paying for a gallon of milk? Four dollars a gallon. Um, do you guys remember what it was 10 years ago? Do you remember what it was 20 years ago? If you don't see that inflation is there and, and you can buy the government's thing about inflation all you want to, but it's really a devaluing of the money that's going on. And that's because they keep printing phony baloney monopoly money, uh, which devalues it because there's more of it in the circulation instead of a limited supply of it. I have a, um, I have a friend, uh, older guy. Uh, he bought a house, a ranch house, and I, I'm not saying that it was a real big ranch house, but it was a, it was a nice ranch house in in a, in a, in a, in a neighborhood. And you know what he paid for that house? Sixteen thousand dollars. Bought him the whole house, a three bedroom house, 
with a full basement and just a nice house. It wasn't huge or anything. It wasn't big, but $16,000. That same house today would go for $100,000, okay, easily. And that, that will tell you how much the dollar has devalued. And the more money that they print, the lower the value of that dollar, okay? And they're hurting you, and they're hurting you in two ways. First of all, that dollar will buy nothing that it used to buy, anywhere near the amount that it, they used to buy. Second of all, they tax you on the amount of money that you earn, okay? So let's say, let's say, let's say back in the day, $30,000 was of awesome pay. That was a good job, $30,000. You know, I'm talking back in the 60s and, and, and even the 70s. $30,000 was a fabulous uh, job. And, uh, okay, but today you cannot buy the same amount of things for the $30,000 that you used to get back in the 60s and 70s. But yet, uh, so today, in order to make the same thing, you got to get over $100,000 in order to be able to buy the same stuff you could buy in the 60s and 70s for your $30,000. And then they tax you, not on the 30000 they tax you on 120000 yep. or whatever you make to be able to buy the same stuff. Yep. Okay. Do you see they're getting you both ways? And every time the dollar is devalued by printing more dollars, uh, you're paying more in taxes. So they're taking it out of you both, <laughs> both ends. Yep. You know? They sure are. So they sure a, are. Here, 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 let's, let's do this, uh, uh, Carl. Let's, let's, uh, because we, and, and folks, I apologize. We just had a little bit of technical difficulty this morning and we kind of got off on this issue, which I think is good because the whole point is to help people see how the law, the, the constitution is being violated. And guys, it ain't just the Democrats. I know some of you people still haven't woke up. It's Republicans, too. They're just as crooked. They're usually crooked in a different area and with different policies, but they're all advancing the same agenda. And here's the thing, Carl. I think it's good. As a matter of fact, Tim, let me just hang on, hang on, because I got got to get ready to close out the show for the radio. So you guys joining us by radio at Red State Talk Radio, we're still on Facebook, YouTube, DLive.TV, um, uh, Periscope and Twitch. And then you can also watch us on sonsoflibertymedia.com or beforeitsnews.com. Join us over there. We're going to close out the radio portion of the show. We're going to stay around for a little bit of time here uh, this morning. And we're going to talk how we move from just, this is one example, how we move from that to how the people are the solution and the law, the real law enforcers in this country to bring things into where they should be under the law 23 hours bradley's going to join me tomorrow morning you don't want to miss that see ya okay for those who are coming in from red state talk radio welcome we appreciate you guys who are already in the chat room and stuff thank you for your comments your questions except for the person who called me something that (laughs) i wonder if you Kiss your mother with that mouth. Um, and anyway, uh, what we want to do here, Carl, is I, let's let's take this. Go ahead and make your comment that you wanted to make before the end of the show, and then let's get into the issue uh, because we're specifically where we're talking about how the people are a solution in the militia to deal with something just like uh, this issue of money. But go ahead and make your comment. Okay. Uh, according to the congressional voting record, which I check into along with my economic stuff and everything from time to time and my constitutional patriot things, Uh, And according to an article in the Wall Street Journal, uh, the Republicans have spent trillions of dollars more over just the last like uh, 
seven, eight years than, than the Democrats ever dreamt of. And, and a, a, a huge portion of that was on socialistic and, if you want, communistic things. In other words, social programs. So, you know, if you're talking about voting for the lesser two evils and you're serious and you're worried about spending on socialistic programs, well, the lesser of two horrible evils is the, are the Democrats. I hate to say that. I was the Ronald Reagan gold medal award winner. I was one of the biggest Republicans in the entire union. And that's coming from me. But I am telling you that the Republicans spend more money by far in violation of the 10th Amendment law than the Democrats do. So where are we going from here? We can see clearly that voting is not the answer. In fact, voting makes it worse, okay, except for voting at your state and local levels. If you vote for a state legislator who pledges to sponsor and pass a state sovereignty resolution augmented with an arrest provision that's uh, that's designed to be a facsimile of the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions by Thomas Jefferson and James Madison. Now it'd be good for you people to to look that up and read it, and 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 then use that exact same document and augment it with an arrest provision so that our law enforcement agencies in our state can arrest any and I'm going to call it this way any Fed coat that comes into our state and starts violating the 10th Amendment law, uh, our county sheriff can send out his deputies. They can, you know, watch everything over, make sure that no no federal agent is disobeying the rule of law, the 10th Amendment law. If they are, he can, uh, he can have them arrested. If he needs backup, that's where you go to the American, I call them the American Militia Freedom Forces of the Second Amendment law, who operate under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 of the Constitution. What does it say in there? It says that the militia is to, quote, execute the laws of the Union, meaning the Ninth and Tenth Amendment laws, as well as the whole Constitution and the entire Bill of Rights, and uh, suppress, and I'm going to put these two words in there in parentheses, deep state, in parentheses, insurrections, and repel... Uh, and then in parentheses again, foreign illegal alien, and in parentheses, invasions, okay? That's our job. That's our job and our duty as militia. Now, according to the law, U.S. Code, who is in the militia? According to U.S. Code, uh, 10 U.S. Code, um, it would be uh, 10, uh, two, 242, I believe it is. It says that all Americans between the ages of 17 and 45 are in the militia. I call it the American Militia Freedom Forces because the media and the Republicans and the Democrats and, and, and politicians made the militia sound like they're horrible. But the fact of the matter is, is that the militia is necessary for the security of a free state and also necessary for the security of our lives and the security of our wages, our salaries, and our property, and our liberty. Okay, so the, the militia is, is, is necessary. I changed it a little bit to calling us the American Militia Freedom Forces. Um, I, I was uh, both at the Battle of Bunkerville with the, with the Bundy Ranch family. Uh, they're very good friends of mine. Uh, we had uh, hundreds of militia out there. 
uh, many hundreds of militia out there. And uh, I was one of the ones selected to be the on the uh, PSD, which is personal security detail for the Bundy Ranch family. I was right, right by their ranch home and protected them along with my daughter, by the way, who I personally trained and is an expert marksman, by the way. And, uh, and, and we protected the Bundy Ranch and we reinstalled the 10th Amendment law in Clark County. And, and the, the U.S. government had 213 battlefield dressed agents out there with fully automatic weapons and sniper teams up on the ridge. This is a fact. You can look this up on YouTube. You can read about the Battle of Bunkerville in various places. This is 100% truth. And they had 213 battlefield dress agents. Cliven was trying to, Cliven paid his grazing fees. He gave the check to the state of Nevada because the federal government is expressly prohibited from owning or managing any land in any territory. Yep. That has been transformed by act of Congress into a free, independent, and sovereign country, which we call a state. Okay. Yeah. Let me let me add something it, to that, Carl. Um, the thing that we were covering, or we found out when we were covering that, was also they weren't just after his land. They were after his water rights, which had been in his family for, I think, 150 years. And right. so the water was actually, well, I don't want to say it was actually worth more than, than the land because uh, theirs as well as the Hammonds, we talked about this yesterday, both of them were were uh, extremely valuable in resources and minerals and uranium and stuff like this. This was a big thing that came out. Yeah, and, and again, folks, President Trump promised you like five years ago on the campaign trail and then when he got uh, that he was going to bring prosecution against Hillary Clinton and all this other and all these other guys who, are, who he's called traitors and this, that, and the other. What's he done? Well, he kind of backed off of that. In his victory speech, he says, you owe her a great debt of gratitude. And a couple of months later, he has her and Bill in. And he says, oh, we're so happy to have them here. They've done so much for our country. Blah, 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 blah. And it's if you don't see the WWE match that goes on here and the fact that, that they're both playing the same game on the stage to get you in the game, and instead of getting in the game like that where you're the one who loses, Captain Carl, you're one of those guys who said, I'm going to get in this a little different. I'm going to actually put some skin in the game. Uh, besides the skin that they're Literally. taking out of your, yeah. Besides their take, what they're taking out of your paycheck, which is taking skin out of the, uh, putting skin in the game too. But you did it literally in a fashion. You put yourself uh, in harm's way in order to defend other Americans who were uh, being treated unjustly. And you know, we we did the same thing. Some people said, "Well, Tim, don't you have a problem with Mormons?" I have a problem with their with their theology, yeah. But if I don't care who it is, what their religious be, if they're if they're being treated unjustly, the Bible says that we're to treat the foreigner as the native, and I think we're to treat those that we disagree with uh, under the law. We're to treat them the same as we want to be treated. And so we would come to their rescue. We would report on those things that the federal government is doing against them. And I think that's that's what we're that's what we're called to do as Christians. I think that's what we're called to do as Americans. Right. On and for the record, I just want to state for myself, I'm a non-denominational, Bible-believing, God-fearing Christian. Okay, that's what I am, and I'm going to stay. I'm I'm, I'm planning on staying that way. Um, I work with the Bundy Ranch family, uh, even on a ranch. In fact, I was working with Ryan Bundy for governor campaign uh, for two years, and I just came back to Wisconsin not too long ago. 
And uh, I just want to say on it for the record that, uh, you know, they might be Mormons. There may be something wrong with their theology and all that kind of stuff, you know, fine. But I just want to state on it for the record that the Bundy Ranch family are the most loving Christian-like people I've ever met in my entire life. And I mean that. Their families and their children and everybody, they're, they'll, they'll give you the shirt off their back off their back I, seriously and they're very loving people and i i just they're just wonderful they treat me like a, like their son you know when i go there they're happy to see me and yeah well and i mean I help them on a ranch and i plough fields you know wonderful. yeah so i just wanted to say that yeah i've talked with with clive and i mean and his wife both just very gracious people to speak with so i wasn't saying anything about that mine was over the theology issue but again it sure. comes back to uh, they're made in the image of god too and and god says that his throne is surrounded by justice he, he um, chided the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, because they were, they were sticklers for this, you know, tithing, picking out the little seeds and stuff to tithe. But they, they forgot the weightier things like, of the law, like justice and mercy. And that's what he really condemned them over, is that they were always trying to get out of stuff. Uh, you can mm-hmm. read the woes he pronounced to them uh, as lawyers uh, in Matthew 23. <laughs> and he, he gave woe after woe after woe. And some of the stuff was like, well, you know, you didn't keep your word here um, because you swore by the temple. Yeah, but I didn't swear by the gold of the temple. You know, it's the what is is kind of argument. It was long before Bill Clinton came along. And and he condemned those people for it. So what I'm saying is I think we're of the same mind. I think people in the chat are of the same mind. And that is that we're to be standing for uh, justice. Um, we got some people no, also no. asking this, Carl. Uh, do you got a website or something where people can contact you, by the way? Uh, you know what? I got to tell you, I was on, I used to have something called Liberty Tree Lantern, and it got uh, read from all over the union, and it got pretty popular. It's called the Liberty Tree Lantern. However, um, I wanted to preach to the sinners. I wanted to preach and reach out to everybody possible who didn't understand the Constitution, didn't understand economics, uh, even didn't understand financial markets, which I talk about quite a bit, being an economist and such. And the rule of law. The rule of law is the Constitution. By the way, statutes and codes are not law, according to the Supreme Court of the United States. Statutes and codes are not law. And also, according to the Supremacy Clause in the Constitution, you can look this up. It's Article 6, Clause 2 and 3. (coughs) It says in there that any law that is not made in pursuance of the Constitution, which means also your amendments, including the Tenth Amendment, is not law. It is void of law. And so statutes and codes, whether it be by the state or or any other government entity here in the United States, is not law. It is merely the color of law, okay, unless it's made in pursuance of the Constitution. I'm going to say this real quick, too, because I battle judges on this deal all the time. We have the God-endowed individual right to travel according to a plethora of federal and Supreme Court case law or precedent. I prefer to call it precedent. We have the right to travel. And if you don't have a driver's license or vehicle registration, that's good because then you're obeying the supreme law of the land. If you have a driver's license or a license plate on your vehicle, you are violating the rule of law. 
you are being an insurrectionist. You are going against federal and Supreme Court precedent that say that uh, travel in, a, in, an, in an auto, as long as you're not driving commercially, if you're driving commercially, you got to have a driver's license, you got to have registration. But as long as you're driving only and purely for personal purposes, you have the right to travel, um, which means you do not. And, and when you have an inherent right, a right endowed us by our creator, that right cannot be taxed. It cannot be, you cannot have a fee or anything like that. It's just a natural inherent right that you have. And so uh, I just wanted, you know, to let everybody know that about statutes and codes. Everybody thinks that statutes and codes are the law. They are specifically not the law according to the Supreme Court. And I could read you some case on that, but I'd have to look it up. I'm not going to, you know, get into that right now. But I, I, I would do it in another show if I okay. Would yeah, because uh, I told some people we're gonna we're gonna see if we, and I told you yesterday we're gonna see if we can have you back because you're very knowledgeable about a lot of different things. And we've taken up a lot of time talking about Federal Reserve and the money and stuff, which I'd like to do just a whole show just on that. But you, you've made these points about that. Okay, so the person listening says, "Okay, I tuned in because you said." Um, this this captain of the militia is going to. Uh, he says that the the um, the militia is the Constitution's law enforcers. So the people are chomping at the bit. I'm sure saying, "Okay, I get all this stuff. This is I, I get what you're saying. I see it clearly. How can I be a part of the solution? I don't want just to have the knowledge and not do anything. What can I do in my city, my county, my state?" in order to get the ball rolling so we start enforcing the law against these people who have been committing crimes against us. Right. And that is a perfect question leading from uh, last yesterday, okay, uh, or the day before, actually. Um, Biden and Kamala Harris are now, go- in January, on January 20th, they are now going to be our president and vice president of the United States, okay? Both of them. <laughs> Both. Can't, I can't make this stuff up. Both of them had said that they're coming after our firearms, okay? And that's the guy's honest truth. They said that, okay? Well, uh, if, you, if, you, if you don't want them, and how are they going to do that? They're going to send in SWAT teams of, uh, of I call them blue coats, which are, which are cops who do not obey their oath to support and defend the Constitution, almost no... Blue, I call them blue coats. Almost no cops obey their own oath that they took, uh, and certainly the Fed, the Fed, I call them Fed coats from the deep state. What is the deep state, by the way? This is critically important to understand. The deep state are the plethora of executive branch agencies that are explicitly prohibited from even existing in the first place, pursuant to Tenth Amendment law. If it's not listed, if their agency or some association of it isn't listed under Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, that agency isn't supposed to exist because those powers are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people, okay? And the people are the militia. And a militia is every single American between ages of 17 and 45, uh, and, and our American citizens, you are in the militia. That is the law under 10 U.S. Code, uh, Section 246, I believe it is. Look it up. Uh, you, you can just Google who is, who is the militia, and you'll read it in there. It's all of us. And why is that? Because 
God's ordained rulers, leaders, and higher powers, as mentioned in Romans 13, 1 through 5. Look up King James Version, by the way. The, some of the other versions have different interpretations. I personally believe in the King James Version. Um, it's it's it, it, The rulers, leaders, and higher powers ordained by God are all of them in America are listed in the, in the preamble of the Constitution. The preamble of the Constitution states that we, the people, are, are the rulers and leaders over the President of the United States, over all Republicans, over all Democrats, over all judges, over all DAs, over all cops, over all uh, Fed coats, over the deep state, because it says in the preamble, we ordained and established our laws dot, 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 to secure, quote, the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, end quote. And that's the reason why the militia is listed in the Second Amendment law uh, to secure, to, for the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Our job is to enforce the Tenth Amendment law along with help from our state legislators they need to make that state sovereignty resolution that's a facsimile of the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions that were drafted by our founding fathers, James Madison and Thomas Jefferson, to secure our rights, our individual rights. The Constitution was made to secure the rights of the rulers, the leaders, and the higher, higher powers ordained by God pursuant to Romans 13, 1 through 5. And that's what the Constitution is for. In fact, the Constitution is to keep God on the throne of America Come on. as our one and only God and King. Neither Republicans or Democrats yep. are supposed to be playing God. Yeah, but I, they steal our money, yep. and they use our money to play God and to take our money and to give it to whoever they need so they'll be reelected. According to Speaker of the House, Republican Paul Ryan, said that to my face. Yeah, you know, you know you're hitting on some issues here that I know are probably hard for some people who may be new to hearing the Sons of Liberty. Uh, but it was things that's been, been preached for millennia in the church, and that is the real understanding of Romans 13. We've got somebody in the uh, in the chat, and I understand what you're getting at, so I'm not chiding you, okay? But uh, the, somebody, the person in the chat says, their oath isn't to support and defend the Constitution. They're government agents. They're the natural enemy of the Constitution itself. Their oath is to the state, although he's on the right track. I, I know, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, I think maybe he's speaking about the the police officers, if I'm understanding correctly. But the fact of the matter is they are taking basically the same oath. I mean, the the Constitution gives us in Article 2, Section 3, the oath, I'm sorry, Article 2, Section uh, 1, the oath of the president. And then the the ones for the representatives is very similar. And and the same one that the guys, the officers in the military take, the same one that the governor takes, the same one that your state reps take, the same one that the police officers take, it's very similar to it. It it may be a little bit different in the language, but it basically gets to the same thing. This is what the president is, is supposed to take. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of president of the United States and will do the best of my ability I forgot to turn off the phone for the phone lines here. Sorry about that. Somebody's trying to call in. Um, so he he says, uh, my best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States, which means to uphold those laws. Now, these people are put in power 
because we don't have the time ourselves to do the few things that we enumerated that they do, and that's why we got them to do it. And so they are not our superiors. They're not to look down their nose and say, uh, Carl and Tim, no, you have to turn in the guns because we said so. Like uh, Diane Feinstein said several years ago, if I had the votes, I'd say turn them off. Well, I don't care if you have the votes. I don't care if you have a majority of senators. I don't care if it's 100% that's unanimous that says, yeah, we need to get rid of all guns. Guess what? You are a bunch of lawless criminals and you need to be taken out and strung up uh, by a rope on the steps of the Capitol building so everybody else learns not to do what you're doing. Um, and right. I make no bones about that. Uh, if you're going to, to violate, infringe upon the people's rights and violate the law that you said you would uphold, you are an enemy to the people. And this is what people got to get in their minds. The battle, this is what they've done to us, folks. They have taken and pitted us against one another. They have pitted Republican against Democrat, liberal versus conservative, right, left, pick your thing, LGBTQ versus transgender versus RSTUV, WXYZ versus Christian versus Muslim. All this stuff has been pitted up to have us fighting against ourselves instead of realizing that they have become the enemy. They are the ones who are lawless, not the people. They have been. But the people have, be- have become those like uh, in Hosea. They're, they have a lack of knowledge, and because they have a lack of knowledge of the law, and that's what Hosea is talking about, they don't know how to act. So you start right. telling people, okay, this is being violated. I see it when we did this with Trump. Now, everybody uh, on the quote-unquote right, whatever that is now, I don't even know how to understand that, whatever the right, right side is, says when I'm when I'm writing for years against the uh, Obama administration and their crimes they're right on my side as soon as the guy puts on the republican jersey they go yeah. What, you're just a liberal commie. Well, wait a minute. Weren't you the guys just with me? I haven't changed my position. We're still pointing to the law. And they got, their immediate response is, well, who do you put up? Who do we vote for? Well, that's not the response. The Constitution gives us the response to remove them or to impeach them. If they're in Congress, right. to remove them. If it's the president, if it's judges, if they are engaged in bad behavior, we're to remove them. Well, how do we do that? Well, if we got good people, good representatives, they're going to seek to do it. What happens when the representatives become corrupt? It really ends up falling back on the people at that point. And I think we're at a point where there's so much corruption that's that's the case. That's where uh, the First Amendment comes in. The last 10 words of the First Amendment, which my other or I I belong to several different organizations. But one of my organizations is We the People Congress slash Foundation. Okay, Uh, there was a movie documentary made about my group, We the People Congress slash Foundation, and it's called America. From freedom to fascism. Okay, that's that's my group. I worked directly with Bob Schultz there, and uh, I uh, was I'm the Wisconsin State Coordinator for that for that for our group there, and uh, and it talks much much about that, Tim. And it's and it's very important that people you know understand the laws so that they can protect themselves. And I, what I want to really get to here is that our individual rights endowed us by God, in other words, your inherent rights that we each have just of our own person, those are protected by our republic of laws, not men, okay? We don't, we don't consent, according to the supreme law of the land, to Republicans or Democrats 
to, to represent us any more or any further than those 18 things that are listed under Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. There's only eight, there's only 18 things that they can do or spend money on. And other than that, the Constitution is designed to protect us from our neighbor and from the fallen nature of man, and also to make sure that God is the only God that we have, the, the, the one and only God and King over America is our God. We do not bow before anybody else because God ordained we the people as his rulers and higher powers in the, in the preamble of the Constitution. Well, and you know, the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. And that's the reason for the militia of the Second Amendment law. And we all operate under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 of the Constitution. We are strictly a legal entity that is there to protect us from a democracy and from elections. And an oligarchy and all the rest of what we become. Uh, You know, Carl, I I think this is important. Uh, What would you recommend that people begin to do if they want to get into doing some of the things, because uh, we, we've had several shows on the militia. We've had a David Zuniga, uh, Zuniga, I'm sorry, he always corrects me on that, Zuniga down in uh, Texas. Oh, he wrote, he wrote a song to me, by the way, and the song <laughs> was, um, oh, I tried, when I was there. It was an Bunny ode Rings, to Captain Carl. It? And he dedicated it to me. It was, uh, uh, you know, about a right, don't tread on us, don't tread on me. You know, don't tread on us was a song, something like that. He dedicated that song. To Captain Carr, I was so well. Now, would you so would you by that would you would you recommend people. David's organization for people to get in touch with? I mean, I know he's trying he's trying a lo- he's got a long game going on, and that is to formulate things on several fronts. One is he's wanting to develop an app that will compare state laws with how representatives vote, and then start going after them at the state level, um, and then enforcing that through grand juries and the, the militia, the constitutional militia. Right. But he's wanting to have it set up. He's wanting people Both to start. Are important. Yeah, he's wanting to set up those chapters across America. So would you uh, recommend that people yeah. check out David's uh, site, America Again? Yeah. Um, uh, let me let me just say one thing okay. real quick, and then we'll get into that. Um, now, look at this. We got now uh, uh, Biden and Harris for president and vice president, okay? What time better? What time better than to walk over to your neighbor, especially if you know that they're a constitutionalist or at least a conservative, and go over there and say, what are we going to do about Biden and Harris being our president and vice president? I mean, this is alarming. They promised us in their, in, in their, in their campaign that they would take away our guns. That's a promise. That's a campaign promise. Okay, and and they're and you know they're going to violate the Constitution. You know they're going to violate the Tenth Amendment law. You know they're going to raise our taxes. They promised that they were going to raise our taxes. Okay, they promised they were going to use the IRS to steal more money from we the people and give it to whoever they need to get elected again. Okay, the Republicans do the same thing, but that's not here. The, what I'm talking about, you need to go over, you have to, you have to go around your whole neighborhood or have a party, you know, put out flyers and say you're having a grilling party and you want to talk a little bit, bit about, you know, militia or, you know, uh, Biden and Harris getting elected or whatever, that'll filter out everybody. Everybody who's against Biden and Harris will be the ones coming to your grill, to your barbecue party. And then you can talk to them about the militia and what the militia is for. Um, 
You know, now I also want to mention that we in the American Militia Freedom Forces, we made uh, Clark County, Nevada, the freest place on earth. And you should read a book by my friend, Shauna Cox. She wrote a book called The Last Rancher Standing. The government uh, used different different ways and methods to get out all 55, 54 or 55 ranchers. Clive and Bundy is the last rancher in all of Clark County. And he's the last rancher standing. The book is the last rancher standing. It's on Amazon. It doesn't cost all that much. You should read that book. And that'll let you know how vitally important our neighborhood militias are. Also, the word regulate and regulated in the Constitution, both in the Supremacy Clause and also in the Second Amendment, means to make regular. So when the, when the Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia, it means a militia that's supposed to be dispersed in every single neighborhood across the Union. And so if you want to restore constitutional law and order on Biden and Harris and protect your Second Amendment right, you better darn well be walking up to your neighbor or maybe better have a barbecue and invite them over. And we want to talk about what we're going to do about Biden and Harris. And then that'll clean out the people, you know, to your barbecue. And you'll be able to talk to them about the militia and form up militia. Now, if they send a SWAT team to your house to take your guns, do you think you're going to come out on the porch uh, with your gun and shoot them? Like everybody always says, they're crazy. I can tell you this, every single time they have a SWAT team, they have somebody within 200 to 600 yards away, a sniper. And before you even open your door with your gun in your hand, you'll be dead before you even open up the door. Yep. So this idea that you're going to go on the porch with your gun and they might get my gun, but I'm taking out five of them or something, whatever you guys all say, that ain't happening. But if you have a Minuteman militia in your neighborhood and you have communications you can talk to your neighbors and get those Minutemen to back you up so that you get them in the yep. crossfire with between your, your Minutemen team and you on the porch. Now you can do something. Now you can protect your God-given rights. Yeah. Okay, that's you know, just the way it is. I know, you know that sounds kind of horrible. No, it, but it's, I'm just telling I, you the truth. That's the reality. That is the reality. And, you know, we, we have that to learn from in our history. Uh, in Massachusetts, the people were trying to meet twice a year instead of once a year. And uh, Thomas Gage, the governor there, uh, called out the dragoons. Several hundred of them came to disperse the crowd. And within a minute, the Minutemen were out there and put the dragoons to flight so the people could meet. So there is something we can learn from our forefathers. But the thing is... I think we're in the mindset that, well, we pay taxes, so that's why we have police and we have these services. Well, the the fact of the matter is that's how they've kind of roped us in of our duties that we have just sort of surrendered. I mean, we've just left those off. And we talked the other day, one of the great things about like a volunteer fire department, yeah, it may not be as big and shiny and everything as, you know, a big city fire department stuff. But the fact of the matter is it builds community. Fathers right. and sons, uncles and, and friends and neighbors, all those guys come together for a common purpose, and that is to put out yeah. fires. Well, why, That's what we're talking about. Why are we not doing the same thing with law enforcement? People said, exactly. well, we want to defund the police. Okay, I'm fine with that as long as you don't leave it in a vacuum. And I think the vacuum has got to be filled with a constitutional militia. That's right. the issue. And, and as my friend and colleague, uh, Sheriff Richard Mack, says, we need to we need to make we and we got to make them. We the people of 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 our counties. We need to 
to get a constitutional sheriff who will honor his oath to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, uh, Republican and Democrat. So we need a constitutional sheriff, and the constitutional sheriff will work with the militias. And, and yep. in fact, actually, the constitutional sheriff will call for the militia. Years ago, they used to call them posses, by the way. Yep, that's what but, he was but saying. That's fine. Uh, but but the constitutional sheriff, when he sees uh, uh, the the deep state agents in in his community in his county, you know his deputy will you know you know co- you know uh, confront them and 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 they should arrest them after violating the Tenth Amendment law by usurping powers that weren't delegated to them under Article One, Section Eight of the Constitution, and harassing the people and performing what is known as Title 18 U.S. Code Sections 241-242, deprivation of rights under color of law. Now, those laws, whether they be state or federal, they're color of law. They're statutes and codes. Statutes and codes are not law. In order for a statute and code to be a law, it needs to be pursuant to the Constitution. If it's not pursuant to the Supremacy Clause under Article 6, Clause uh, 2, then then these people need to be arrested. Well, but first the state really needs to state nullify that agency, get them out. And uh, the states can incrementally state nullify, usurp powers by the deep state. And, and, and they can, they can drain, the states can drain the swamp without the Biden, without Kamala Harris or without any Republican or without any Democrat. They can simply state, incrementally state nullify, let's say, 50 bills a month, okay? Then they call in the county sheriffs. They give the county sheriffs a list of, of, of uh, fe- you know, federal agencies that they state nullified. And then the county sheriff sends out his deputies to watch in their community, in their county, if there's any, what we, what I call, you know, fed coats that aren't supposed to even exist, Um uh, and he can, and then, and then he can arrest them. But if he feels they need help, the sheriff, it's the sheriff's duty to go, go and call on a posse. In other words, call on the American militia freedom forces to support them and back them up with arms. Okay. And, and, and to follow the county sheriff, if necessary, into a little battle and get those, those, those cap, their capital felony insurrectionists is what they are. They're insurrectionists against the rule of the supreme law of the land, particularly the Tenth Amendment law, and they need to be arrested. They need to be thrown in jail, and then they need to be tried by a jury of our peers. And if the jury decides that they're guilty of violating the Tenth Amendment law, they got to go to prison. And they should be going to prison for capital felony treason against the Constitution. Oh, let me let me and, add something. And they could be sentenced to death. They could be sentenced to hanging. Well, if we're, you know, we, we talked about socialism and stuff. If you're if you're if you're if we're going to be consistent, there is no prison system in God's law. None of it. It's never commanded. And to put people in prison is a part of socialism because somebody's got to pay for it, and that somebody's going to be the victims, and it's going to be the people. Uh, who aren't right. who aren't even victims sometimes, and so yeah. I'm I'm with the the latter. If you're found guilty okay. of treason, 
you get a dirt nap. That's just the way it is because right. of the destruction that you've caused to other people and usurping your representation. So I, I want to be consistent in that, and I think that's in accordance with God's right. law as well. Uh, Captain and, Carl, and, we, and to, aug- to, augment, to augment that thought, Tim, yeah. uh, the, the, the politicians— they went through the, the the entire web and they and they changed out uh US, US, the uh title 18 US code 2381 they changed it for capital felony treason but if anybody violates the constitution uh they are they are according to 2381 and the way it was before they changed it they are they are liable for capital felony treason, and the and what the what the law states is that they are to be rounded up by the militia, tried, and then hung at the nearest intersection, the body to lie in state till dusk, as a warning to any representative. I'm, I'm using that term. That isn't the term in there. Who violates or judge? that violates the Constitution, yep. you know, and that's capital felony treason, uh, according to that law. I wish I had it for you. I wish I could read it to you directly, but that is exactly what it says. I no, guess. that's okay. I, I'm short on time here because we've already went over quite a bit, and it's been great. I think the people have appreciated what you had to say, the instruction there. And, guys, we're going to have Captain Carl back on. I've already asked him yesterday. I said we'll probably do three or four shows together because I want to. Co- I really want to take a whole show and cover uh, you know, the, the constitutional money issue. And I think there were a couple of issues that we talked about yesterday. And I thought these would be great shows because they're so informative. Nobody talks about them. And again, we're not here to be a conservative echo chamber. We're here to actually point to the Bible and the constitution. That's the only way you can see what a crooked stick looks like is to put the straight one up beside it. So we appreciate yeah. your time, Captain Carl. We're going to have you back on. And uh, yeah. again, now, uh, let, let, let me just give yeah, a little ahead. teaser. Uh, sometime in one of our very next shows, I want to talk about how the American Militia Freedom Forces stopped Hillary Clinton and Uranium One at Malheur, where when we took over the Malheur Wildlife Refuge. I want to explain to everybody about Uranium One and Hillary Clinton's personal deal with Putin to get super ultra high grade uranium out of Steens Mountain. I'd like to talk about that. How about we, how about we do this? We'll set up to do the other. Now guys, we're going to have Bradley on. He's going to get up really early cuz it's central time like it is for uh Captain Carl. He's in central time as well. He's going to be up super early in the morning, so you don't want to miss that. That's going to be the I guess the tag team Sons of Liberty whatever in the morning. And uh, we've got a journal we're going to talk about tomorrow. So you guys don't miss us 6 a.m. tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. And then Captain Carl, we'll we'll set you up for maybe next week. Maybe we can get you at the first part of the week, Monday and Tuesday, for a double whammy. And we'll talk about uh, that. I think that's vitally important, specifically with this thing going on here with the presidency and and what's going on in D.C., uh, to bring to the remembrance of the people that this woman uh, that is that is – as Donald Trump said, guilty as hell, who he's not prosecuted, who still runs free. The only reason you have a Joe Biden running is because he he hasn't done his job, Article 2, Section 3, and brought justice, folks. Even the people have seen enough documentation to know these people have committed crimes against the people. This is not hard to figure out. And let's quit making excuses for our favorite political jersey. Let's start enforcing the Constitution, as Captain Carl has talked about. Captain Carl, we appreciate you. And, uh, guys, we'll talk to you at 6 a.m., Tomorrow, see ya.